On this week's episode of Life and Lessons, I talk about how losing one email subscriber made me question the real reason I do all of this content. Hey, what is going on? Welcome to this episode number 36 of Life and Lessons. I'm Sean Spooner, and if you're new here, here's what you need to know. For 52 weeks between the ages of 24 and 25, I'm going to be recording and releasing a weekly podcast to see just how much my life can change in a year. This is the story of growing a business, of growing as a person, and it's a completely honest view into my life as I take on some fairly unusual things. And this episode right here is all about week number 36 in that journey. And you join me in an unusual place. I'm currently sat on the floor uh, in between two tiny beds with a microphone on the floor in front of me, my laptop kind of perched on a little table. And I am in a zip by Premier Inn Hotel in the middle of nowhere in Cardiff. The time right now is 20 to 11 at night. Uh, and I'm here because this hotel, which costs £35 a night, is like the budget version of a Premier Inn, so you can't get much more budget. But this hotel has aircon. And for the last three or four nights, I'm sure it's the same with you, trying to sleep has been near impossible. So I wear a whoop band, and um, the whoop band will tell me a number of things. It's a sleep tracker for those of you that don't know. It will tell me a number of things, and two of the crucial things that a whoop band will tell me is number one how long I spent in bed attempting to sleep and then number two based on my heart rate and other factors when I am asleep it'll tell me what kind of quality sleep I had and generally speaking I will get about eight and a half hours sleep per night and my quality which is translated into like a recovery score the next day is in the like 80 to 90 percent now the last two nights my sleep time has been about 10 hours 10 hours in bed but the recovery score has been about 40 percent and that's because i will literally sit there at night for hours in this heat trying to sleep uh, with a fan on with the window open with everything but it's just been so hot and so dry that my sleep has been shit and so for one night to have aircon i thought it was worth the 35 pound cost to come here and get a good night's sleep so here i am uh sat on the floor of a hotel room now hopefully you hear this episode on time but i've just done a speed test of the internet here and it is a 0.2 megabytes per second upload speed so fuck knows how long this episode is going to take to upload but with that in mind i'm going to try and keep this quite short because it's going to take forever um so what have i been up to this week well it's just been another one of those weeks in the office to be honest with you um working away nothing exciting uh, and then today quite honestly i've got absolutely no work done whatsoever so got into the office quite late because i was in bed late when i eventually managed to get some sleep this morning i got into the office quite late did a little bit of work then had a driving lesson at 2 p.m which by the way driving lessons are going really well um it's just a shame that i can't currently book a driving test so Obviously, coronavirus has cancelled nearly six months worth of driving tests here in the UK. And that means that uh, not only can I not book a driving test right now, but 
Uh, it is only as of yesterday, I believe, the 12th of August, that those who already had a test booked for the months of March, April, May, June, July, August are able to start logging into the Gov UK website and rebooking their tests. So there's at least a six month backlog. And, you know, that's quite frustrating because with all of the driving lessons that I've done both in the past and recently, I'm getting near the point where I'd probably start considering booking my tests, but it's probably not going to be until like, I don't know, February or March next year that I actually managed to get a test. So that'll be interesting, but I'll keep you up to date on that. Uh, but yeah, got into the office, went off for a driving test at 2 p.m. Uh, got stuck in traffic on the way back because of an accident, which tell you what, being stuck in very, very slow moving traffic on a dual carriageway for 40 minutes is the best way to learn clutch control because you have no option right. You're literally just driving with the clutch for 40 minutes, avoiding rolling backwards into the van that's behind you or jolting forwards into the fucking co-op lorry that's in front of you. So I got back to the office about 4pm, 4.30, then left the office immediately to get ready for where I've just been, which was the pre-launch of a bar in Caerphilly. So a friend of ours, Calvin, has just opened uh, today a new bar called Avery, which is based on the whole kind of 1920s uh, prohibition period. It's just like a really cool themed cocktail bar. Um, and actually, I'm sure you know I don't drink, but mocktails, generally speaking, are shit. They're normally just like fizzy, sugary, flavorless, fruity rubbish, right? Uh, Avery does the best mocktail I have ever tasted. Uh, I couldn't tell you what's in it because I don't know, but it's called something like the uh, Honey Gunner, and my God, it's so good. So that's where I've been, and then just left there and came to this hotel. But yeah, to be honest with you, this week from a what have I been up to point of view, it's fairly uneventful. One thing I did want to talk about is the email that I sent to my mailing list today, Thursday. So if you're already a part of the mailing list, you probably have a bit of a preview into what I'm about to speak about. If you're not on the mailing list, you can get yourself signed up right now by going across to seanspooner.co.uk forward slash email, popping your name, popping your email address, and you'll become a member. But as you'll know, I wrote this week in my email about somebody who unsubscribed from the mailing list. And to be honest with you, this was a random one because I didn't quite know whether it was the correct thing to do to write about this encounter that I had with somebody on the mailing list. So what I did is I wrote about it, but changed the person's name to keep them, not that anyone would know who it was anyway, but to keep them anonymous because I thought that that was the fair and the right thing to do. But basically, as you probably noticed from the emails, if you read them, if not, I'm sure you've noticed from this podcast, I am somebody who in my natural communication style swears quite a bit. Uh, I typically use swears like shit and fucking at the beginning of particular sentences to kind of emphasize points I'm making. Uh, so rather than saying like, oh, it was massive, I'll say, oh, it was fucking massive. It's just the way I feel like I've always spoken. I'm not sure if that's to do with the, the parenting I had or my friends at school or whatever it is, but it just, it comes and feels very natural to me to kind of add uh, soft swear words into the middle of sentences to emphasize points I'm making. And to most people that I've ever encountered, be it friends, family, colleagues, clients, uh, it's never caused an issue. And so that's why I was quite surprised last week when I received a response to one of my emails and it basically said, hi, Sean, 
listen, I'm a, I'm a big fan of your style of writing. I think you make some interesting points in these emails, but I can't help but feel that you're ruining it all by swearing. And then this person went on to point out that in two previous emails I had used the word fucking, although they refused to write that word, even writing it themselves in a quoted format they refused to do. They put it with all these like hashes and exclamation marks and, you know, just wouldn't write the word fucking. Fair enough. Uh, and he basically said that, you know, if, if that's something I'm going to continue to do, then maybe he doesn't want to be a part of the mailing list. And... I mean, firstly, credit to the person who emailed. Um, I think that they did the right thing. You know, it, everything I do uh, with the email list and with this podcast and with my tweets, it is to to start conversations. And admittedly, starting a conversation about my use of language isn't what I was hoping to get out of the particular message that I sent a couple of weeks back. But it started that conversation and I quite enjoyed the opportunity to do the smallest amount of introspective work just to kind of question why I swear and then I, I kind of collected those thoughts and shared them with uh, this person who will call James as I did in the email not their real name uh, and I basically went back to James and I said look I really really appreciate your kind words and I also appreciate your honesty in calling me out about swearing but then I essentially explained the reasons why I do swear in my style of communication and it's because that is authentically who I am. I would be straining, I would be struggling, I'd be having to uh, like manually swap out words when I edit my writing if I were to not swear, right? So I explained that and then I said, look, James, I'll be honest with you, the swearing is something that probably isn't going to stop anytime soon. And so whilst I do not want to lose you as a reader, because you know, with everybody who reads the mailing list, I very, very much appreciate their time and attention. I said that if you can't see past my use of language, it's probably best that you do unsubscribe. And if you do, naturally, I won't think any less of you. I won't judge you. You know, I think I, I finished the email by saying different strokes for different folks. And that's exactly what it is, right? Some people uh, have been, I don't know, whether it's culture, whether it's the way we're raised, but some people are okay with swearing and others aren't. So I said that. And then about 24 hours later, I noticed that James had unsubscribed. Now, I wouldn't say I took this like hugely personally, because I invited him to unsubscribe, I knew his reasons for doing so. But it did have me thinking about communication and about how we all communicate online. Now, this is kind of what I touched upon in this week's email. So forgive me for going back over something that you may have already heard, but I really believe, particularly in 2020, particularly when everybody on the planet, give or take, has access to platforms where they can communicate to many people at the tap of a button, I think that it's really important that we are all our authentic selves because it is so easy to copy the communication style of somebody else, to mimic the way somebody speaks, to borrow words and phrases and ideas and concepts, or even to wholesale rip off people's content, as we see so often in places like LinkedIn and even on Twitter, right? It's really, really easy for somebody to say, okay, XYZ influencer is growing an enormous following in the cycling space, and they're doing this by... Uh, using 
this style of communication. I would love to have a big following in the cycling space, so I'm going to do the exact same thing that they are. I'm going to steal their uh, style of communication, and that will be the secret bullet. That will be what I need to get me to where they are. And that is absolutely wrong. The only thing, bar nothing, that makes anybody recognized online is that they are being themselves, and in doing so, they're delivering some kind of valuable, interesting, entertaining, humorous, whatever else content, right? The only reason that, I don't know, uh, Alfie Days, I'm not sure if people still watch him, but I'm not really connected to the YouTube world. The only reason that Alfie Days is popular with the millions of people who watch him is that he is himself. Alfie Days isn't trying to be Jack Maynard. Jack Maynard isn't trying to be, I don't know, Jack Mate. None of these YouTubers are copying somebody else's style of communication. They may borrow, they may steal YouTube video ideas, but they deliver those ideas as themselves. And then on a more basic level, we see uh, we see business people, we see people who are in the jobs market, and indeed we just see people who are trying to get any level of attention online, stealing the content of other people. Now this could be in a professional context, somewhere like LinkedIn, where somebody is verbatim stealing content to get likes and to raise their awareness and to build their network, or it could be somebody literally stealing a tweet online for some fucking clout and some likes on a screen and a cheap dopamine hit. Whatever it is, I think it is wrong, A, to steal somebody else's content, but then B, and perhaps more importantly, I think it's so important that we are all ourselves online because we've kind of fallen into this space where everybody plays it safe. If you were to scroll down your LinkedIn right now, you would see so much talk of, I'm really pleased to announce that, and oh, it's great that this partnership brings synergy for, and all these like silly, meaningless, safe, vanilla buzzwords, these really uninteresting sentences, these really generic statements that get looked at and brushed over immediately, that, that capture no attention, and that just leave people feeling emotionless. People feel absolutely indifferent to a huge majority of content that is put out online these days. And indifference is a bad thing. You know, with the emails that I'm doing, there are currently like 50 subscribers. So a low number of subscribers and one of them did not like my swearing. So I pissed off 2% of my subscriber base, but in doing so, I sincerely hope that I have, at least in a small part, connected with the other 98%. And that's kind of the game I'm playing with all of this content that I put out. I've always said that there is no end goal. And for the most part, that's true. I'm not about to try and sell you a thousand pound course on how to start a podcast. I'm not going to start emailing you trying to sell the marketing services of Patter. That isn't and that will never be what my content is about. But it's only half true to say that I have no end goal because I kind of do have an end goal. And that end goal is to connect with people. It is to connect with you, whoever you are listening to this right now. My aim with this content is to meet to get to know, to connect with, and to build real relationships with the people who care enough to listen, the people who care enough to get back to me, the people who care enough to add their thoughts and their opinions on top of my thoughts and my opinions. 
because I think that that's one of the most important things that we can use the internet for. So many people use the internet to either be consumers and just sit there and take and take and take and watch and watch and watch, or they take the other route where they say, oh, I need to produce something, but I don't want to piss off anybody and I don't really want to stick my head above, so I'm just going to kind of play it safe. And that's not how the real world works. It is rare that you walk into... Let's, let's take where I was tonight, a cocktail bar, right? It is rare that you walk into a cocktail bar and encounter somebody who is painfully bland, painfully ordinary, right? You walk into a cocktail bar and you start a conversation with absolutely anybody stood in there and everything about that person is going to be telling you something about the kind of person they are. It could be their hairstyle, it could be their outfit, the shoes they're wearing, the watch they're wearing, the way they... Uh, hold themselves in the conversation, their eye contact, the first thing they say to you, what they talk about, it could be anything. We're constantly in real life giving off clues about the kinds of people we are. And when we do that, we attract people who we get along with, right? That is literally how on things like nights out or when you bump into somebody by chance, that's literally how friendships, how relationships, how uh, any form of communication begins and what it's founded on, right? It's founded on two people who realize that they have something in common, that they can connect on a certain level, and then they get to know each other. I think that the way so many people communicate online suffocates the chance for us to do that because we're all trying to be the same. And that is literally not how communication works, certainly not in the real world. And that's where so many people get it wrong online. So look, I hope that you'll stick around, even though I say the word fuck occasionally. I hope that that doesn't offend you too much, and I hope that the other uh, 30 odd hours of content that I've put out on this podcast so far are worth more to you than being offended by a swear word. But in the same breath, if anybody is offended, if anybody does want to leave, I understand entirely. It's not up to me to dictate what somebody else considers to be right or wrong. It's just my job to be myself and attract the people who who get along with that. And that's not going to be everybody. But I guess that's kind of my fault for this week, right? Because it's something that I've been stewing on since I saw that James had unsubscribed. Because I thought, wow, like, do people really care about swearing that much? And it just got me thinking. It got me thinking about communication styles. It got me thinking about why I'm doing all of this. Uh, and yeah, I don't think it's a bad thing if people jump ship. Because... Uh, my style of communication isn't right for everybody in the same way that not everybody's style of communication is right for me. And so that's okay. And that's it, really. Um, fairly uneventful week. It's getting warm in this hotel room right now. So as soon as this microphone goes off, the aircon is going to go on. I don't really think I have much else to tell you about this week. Um, I sent a funny email today. Not to the mailing list, as in like a one-on-one a -on -one email to somebody in another business. Uh, and it was the most um, cheeky, as Chloe put it. I sent a screenshot to Chloe. She said it was the cheekiest email, um, but it actually paid off. So I might be able to tell you the story of that in a couple of weeks' time when it comes through. It's nothing to do with business. It's just a, a, a personal punt I took, and it paid off almost immediately. So that's cool. I'll be telling you about that soon, I hope. But yeah, other than that, not a lot to tell you about. I hope you've had a good week. I hope you've managed to get more sleep than I have in this crazy weather. 
Um, and yeah, I think what I'm going to do is get this uploading as soon as possible because it's going to take an absolute lifetime. Switch on the aircon and then get myself to sleep and I think that I'm going to go to the gym in the morning which is just up the road from here and then jump on a train and get into the office quite early. Hopefully feeling a little bit more refreshed than I have done for the last few days. Apologies for this short, this rushed, this rough podcast. I think I said in episode number one that there will be times when this is literally just me sat in a hotel room thinking out loud for a few minutes because I just haven't had the time to consider and to script and to edit and so on. And this has been one of those episodes. So apologies if you've given me your last 20 minutes and uh, haven't got anything out of this, but I hope that you've just had a little bit of insight into, uh, yeah, where my head's been this week. I hope you have a good week. Thank you once again, and I'll see you back here this time next week for episode number 37 of Life and Lessons. See you then. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.